Welcome to the Leshman Podcast, where we explore mission lived out in West Africa. We are glad you're here. Hey, welcome to the third podcast from Leshman. So glad that you were listening with us today. Um, just thought I'd say hello. I really should have put a podcast out here last week and the week before. It's been a little bit crazy on on our end, to be honest, and. I just, I've just been busy. Our our um, fourth child was born. We have two biological children. One we're trying to adopt, and then now this youngest one. And so he, like my wife Lorraine, her 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 birth and everything was the best of the two. So that was a huge um, praise, um, praise God. Um, but Bashar, he he came out with a cord around his neck. And he he just suffered from the very start. And so Larry even said that like the last two weeks or so um, before he was born, he just wasn't moving the same and things just weren't quite right. She felt like like I don't know, just something wasn't wasn't going well. And once he came out he was just complaining a lot. And the nurses picked up on that and they, they were just talking to me and finally finally we just decided that we need to evacuate him. And so we took him to a hospital. We Larray gave birth in a clinic here, a local clinic. It was very nice, a very nice clinic. Um, cheaper than the other two births um, in the States and in Lebanon, but um, definitely a, a nice clinic. Anyway, so we, we had to evacuate him to a, a hospital. Um, it's amazing how God works. You know, God is truly, truly in charge of things here. God had set things up so that he... He, the actually the, the the people who who work at the clinic have a connection with the main professor for neonatal um, the neonatal education at the local university here in Dakar. Dakar is an education hotspot for West Africa. In fact, for all of French-speaking Africa, there are people all the way from the Comoros Islands, which is all the way over in East Africa, who come here to go to school. So it's it's really interesting and uh, how God worked this. This um, head of the neonatal um, uh, department there at the university came and actually looked at him, and he said, "You know, I think he needs to come to my clinic." And so then we were, you know, we there were no other places for him anywhere else. The clinic where Larray gave birth will have, you know, all the stuff for neonatal um, care eventually, but it's not all set up and, and ready to go. So we really had no choice. So we. Um, uh, there wasn't there wasn't any room, and then there was, uh, especially with the help of the professor, which was a huge miracle in and of itself. And so um, our son was able to be evacuated to to this uh, the university hospital. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to to really get to understand how things work in Africa. Um, you know, I've I've been to hospitals. I've uh, worked in a clinic for a number of years. I took evacuated patients to the hospital. I've even been treated in a Senegalese hospital before for a broken arm. And so I'm, I'm aware of, you know, how things work to a degree, but um, having your son, you know, your newborn son put into a public hospital is something else. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, wow. Like, you go onto the campus of the hospital and it's just spread out over this huge area. I mean, think a university campus where you have many, many different buildings, and uh, each building is for a different part of health, you know, like, so you'll have a place for 
um, like uh, heart conditions. You'll have another place for a TB. You'll have another place for uh, giving of blood. You'll have another another hospital or building for you know broken bones and different things. I mean, so it's like you have each almost each individual disease. You know, I think you even have a cancer area and whatever. But it's all divided up. And so it's just really kind of just spread out all over this, this huge area. It's really, really fascinating, to be honest, especially coming from the states where we kind of have everything in this one big building. And then even going between rooms and going between wards, you're, you're actually going outside. And just a very, very interesting experience. So, you know, as we're, as we're trying to check him in and trying to figure everything out, it's a little bit on the, on the you know, the disconcerting side, in all, in all honesty, um, but they really had no choice. But what really gave me um, courage was that um, there's been a, a, a major donation over the last what, few years to, to really have a state-of-the-art um, neonatal ward. And he is, he's there, and it's like an island, to be honest, in the midst of, <laughs> as we say in French, the n'importe quoi. <laughs> Oh, it's just amazing. It's amazing how God works. You know, God God is is a master at at creating um, good from bad, and and for that I am so grateful. You know, I'd really like to to really just talk talk today on this podcast about just difficulties. You know, like sometimes you know we we, we think about you know, mission world like oh you know being a missionary is just easy. You know, it's it's an easy life. There's no there's no difficulties or whatever else. Or we all we hear about his difficulties, and we're just like, oh, those poor missionaries, all they ever do is suffer. And so I just thought I'd, I'd like to, to talk about that a little bit today. Um, <laughs> have we suffered? You know, how has, has mission life been for us? We've been missionaries now since uh, officially, you know, working overseas as a married couple since 2009. So I think, um, I, think I have a little bit of experience to be able to share on, on this particular subject. Um, but what really, what really brought it home, though, was a study that I was having with my friends in our, in our house church yesterday. And, and we were studying the book of Revelation. Uh, we were studying it in French. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, it, what really hit me was, was Revelation 3. We were studying the, the, about the, the last um, two churches, but specifically in, in the lukewarm church of Laodicea. Uh, so chapter 3, verse 19. As many as I love... I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. So God is talking to the church in Laodicea, and he's saying, you guys are lukewarm. You're not working for me. You're neither cold, you're neither hot. I can't work with you. You're just, you're just you know, warm. As we say in French, you're ched. You know, it's just like God saying, you know, I, I, come on, you know, if you were cold, well, at least I could, you know, say, well, you know, these crazy people, I could try to warp them up, something or something. You know, if they're hot, well, at least they're hot, they're doing something, but you guys are neither. And, you know, it really hit me, you know, it's just like, why do we have trials? You know, it was, why do we have trials? Why? Because God allows trials to happen in our lives so that we can become either warm or cold. Right? You know, I really do believe that God allows things to happen in our lives so that we will be changed and so that we can better serve him. Uh, when we moved to Senegal back in 2009, we had um, thought that we were going to go up north. Uh, we were going to go to a different country, uh, to the north of us. And um, we had planned everything to go there, and things happened so that we ended up staying in Senegal. Uh, that was an interesting experience. You know, when you, when you come overseas, you know, you were fresh off the plane, and we, we met some of the, the leadership here. And as we were talking with some of the leadership, they were questioning, 
what are you doing here? Oh, well, you know, one of the very first questions you get from, you know, from, from the leadership is like, what in the world are you doing here? I'm like, okay, yeah, nice to meet you too. And, and it wasn't just what are you doing here, but like, why, you, we have Anglophone people here in a French-speaking country coming to work here. What in the world are you doing here? We don't want you here. We want French-speaking people. You know, that's like a kind of a shock, to be honest, you know, when you, when you hear something like that, you know, like from, especially from a fairly major leader in the church. And um, <laughs> that kind of followed us even till today. We still <laughs> have aspects of that first initial, hey, how's it going? You know, kind of there in the back of our minds. And even when we interact with this specific person, it still kind of causes a little bit of, of pain, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I look and laugh about it now, but I mean, like, if you barely meet somebody and they're asking, what in the world are you doing here? To be honest, we're not really sure what we're doing here. You know, God, God has brought us here. You know, we, we believe that. Um, do we want to learn French? Not necessarily. <laughs> you know, I would, you know, if you, were, if you were to ask me where I would prefer to be, you know, I love the Middle East. You know, I would much rather be in the Middle East. But you know what? God has placed me in Senegal. And am I, am I going to leave Senegal? No, I can't. You know, I am stuck here <laughs> for good or bad. And we'll go over that a little bit in this podcast. But, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in Senegal. And, and so, you know, this, this whole, like, what, what are you doing here? You know, I was like, wow, you know, okay. <laughs> anyway, God led so that we, we, we left Dakar after being in Dakar for seven months. We learned French somewhat. We moved down to the south, and we started working um, at this, this little clinic. And we were just, we didn't know what we were doing. We made so many mistakes. And... Uh, uh, yeah, we made a lot of mistakes. And did we do everything right? Absolutely not. Um, we, you know, we were just fresh out of, out of getting our master's in public health. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, they didn't train. I mean, we, we had wonderful training at Loma Linda. It was great, good experience. But we, we didn't have nearly the training that we needed for what we were faced against. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I can just remember some of the trials. Like we, we, we barely got there. I think we'd been there about two weeks, and and we have this this this, this huge this this clinic, ten bed clinic, which is old. It's dirty. It's got issues. And 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 how how do we lead this clinic? We've got this huge orchard behind the clinic that was just a complete forest. What in the world are we going to do with this huge forest? We have a house where we, the walls are literally brown. Like we scraped them with a with a brush, you know, in order to to, to take off the brown so they would actually be white again. Um, I mean, it just it's just the, the level of dirt and and the level of of just disrepair and and things are just broken and whatever was just horrible. Um, the the Adventist presence there, um, unfortunately, wasn't the most stellar. Like many people. Um, didn't like the Adventist because of just things that had happened in the past. And so here we are, a new couple, you know, the little son is at that point, he was two years old, our oldest was two, and, you know, or maybe three, anyway, somewhere in there. And um, anyway, yeah, so we're just trying to figure things out. So, like, it was, I think it was the third, second or third Sunday we were, we were there. I was super overwhelmed, in all honesty. And um, I went out to this old, it would have been an old church, it was an old kind of school, been used for many different things, a church, school, different things. Anyway, I went out to this old building. The roof had been, it was gone. There was a huge trees that were growing up inside. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a mess, a huge mess. 
And I just, I just knelt down there on the steps of the Soul Church, and I was just like, God, what am I doing here? We have this huge property that we need to take care of. We have major, major things that are coming up against us. And honestly, we just don't know what to do. We don't know, we don't know up from down. We don't know left from right. We don't know what to, we don't know what to do. We need you. And I just, just poured out my heart to God, and I was just begging him for help. Well, you know, God is amazing. God, you know, listens to our prayers. And the, the church um, in the city of Ziegenshore, if you look on a map, you can look at the southern part of Senegal. And Ziegenshore is the regional capital uh, where we actually worked. It was called the Dispenser Adventista Nyagis. If you're looking on Google Maps, it's going to be to the right of Ziegenshore, and or to the east, rather, right off the major NC, N6 um, uh, road, and uh, not too far out of Ziegenshore. Anyway, the, the church in Ziegenshore, we, we asked the, the members there if they would mind doing a work bee. And so they were, they were good enough to accept our invitation, and they came. Uh, we gave them free food and transportation, and they worked hard. Um, these young men are still my friends today, um, back from 2009, and they worked hard. They, we took out the trees. We, we, we were able to clean up this place. And for me, that was like a huge sign that God was there. Um, many times in Africa, it's very hard to get labor or stuff done for free. And everybody needs to be paid, and rightfully so, people need to be paid. But we didn't have the money, you know, we didn't have much of anything at that point, And we were still trying to figure things out. But our friends, who became our still our close friends still today, um, these friends, they came and they helped us. They worked alongside of us. We, we learned so much from them. And we were able to clean out this old church. Uh, within within a year of that, roughly, um, I had a call from my parents in Rhode Island saying, hey, we'd love to do a mission trip there to Senegal, and would you be interested in having us come? And I said, you know, that would be awesome. We would love to have you come to Senegal. That would be great. So they said, well, is there something that we can do? And I immediately thought of this old building, this old church, and I said, well, would you mind helping us put a roof on this old church. We, we would love to, to put a roof on there. And they said, that'd be great. Well, then they didn't tell me, they, then they told me that they had a contractor that was going to come along, but they didn't tell me who it was. Well, <laughs> I was able to guess that it was my best friend from high school. And uh, so I ta- was able to talk with him and they came. And what a blessing it was to have them there. Just before the group came, just before the group came, um, there was a family that came from France. They wanted to homeschool their children in France, and they were not able to because France has some pretty strict laws for homeschooling. And so they had a they had a sailboat, and they put their family on the sailboat, and they left France. And they were basically sailing the world. And they just happened to, to just to come in two weeks before we had the mission trip. They happened to come to Ziegenshore. They went to the church in Ziegenshore, didn't find anybody there. So they ended up coming to Nyagis, where we were. And they looked in at our Sabbath school, and we looked at them, and we're like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, what are you guys doing here? Anyway, <laughs> to make a long story short, we made friends with them. And uh, we said, you know, hey, we've got this uh, group from the States coming uh, in two weeks. Would you, would you, ma- would you want to join us? And they said, well, sure. So they went and sailed around for two weeks. They came back and um, took 
took, took a few of my friends and we went to go and, and pick them up with some of their tools. The man, <laughs> I almost shed a tear. The, man, <laughs> the, the father of the family is a, uh, a woodworker and he had a boat full of tools. It's amazing how God works. Uh, they came from France with a boat full of tools, electric tools, that we didn't have the money to buy. We didn't have any of these things. And they brought them with them. And we were able to use those tools uh, to help with the work there. It was phenomenal. We had um, Muslim, Muslim helpers from the village who volunteered to help. I said, you know, I can't pay you. I brought these, these people to come in voluntarily from overseas, and they're, they're coming to help. And they said, no, we don't, you don't need to pay us. We're going to come, and we're going to work for free. What a blessing. We got, the, we got the building done with the help of our friends from France, our, our friends from the United States, and friends and family. And it was just an incredible event. You know, this, this podcast is, is about, I guess, <laughs> not only about trials, it is also about like joys, you know, um, I'm kind of making it up as I go. But, you know, one of the, going back to the, the trial theme, just, uh, I can't remember, to be honest, everything is kind of a blur. But a few months before, a few weeks, I, again, I can't remember, I think it must have been a few months before the groups came, um, a little girl came into our home. Uh, so we just had our oldest son, and then um, basically what would happen, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm a public health professional. I do not like um, blood. I don't like blood, guts, and gore. That's just something that I, I, I do everything I can to steer away from. I, I, I say that my job is to make sure that the medical people can do their job, and then I just stand back, and like, if they need something, I run and get it. You know, I make sure that the salaries are paid. I make sure that everything is running so they can do their job. Um, it just happened to be, though, that one day I was actually in the consultation room uh, with, visiting with one of our, the doctors uh, that, had, that was working with us for about a year. And so we were talking about something, I can't remember exactly what, but this lady came in, this old lady came in with a bundle. Well, this bundle had a baby. It was a baby, and uh, the, the old lady said, you know, there's a lady who died in our village who left this baby, and I can't take care of it. I sell fish, and there's no one to take care of the baby. Can you, can you take the baby? Well, um, sure. So we, we inherited this baby. So we got this baby. Her name was Aishatu, and uh, she came she came to, to live with us. And her her mother we found through you know through a, ser a series of you know events. To, we slowly put the story together. Her mother had a a, a relationship with a, a man who was a a soldier, and he. He had AIDS, and he gave, he gave the mother AIDS, and the mother gave her daughter Aishatu AIDS as well. And so, oh my goodness, a little baby crying. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard an AIDS baby cry, but oh, it's not something that's pleasant. Um, Lorraine did all she could to help this little girl. I mean, we, we made all kinds of formulas and, and all kinds of things to help her out. Um, nothing worked, and uh, when the, the, the mission groups were there in, um, in Yagis to help us with the church, this baby Ashitu died in, in my mother's arms, um, honestly, and we had to bury her there in, the, in front of the, the uh, clinic. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah. You want to help, and sometimes you can't help. 
Now you see how God is working and performing miracles. And yet at other times, those prayers, those miracles maybe go a different way than we had planned. You know, when I, when I think about the, the family from France coming with all the tools and everything, I'm just, inf- just impressed about how God works. And yet at the same time, this little baby Aisha too, she died. You know, God didn't help her. She died in pain. Oh my goodness, the cries, the, the sadness. Is God in control? I do believe so. Does it always make sense? Do we always understand exactly what God is doing and why? And does it, does, is it all that? No. No. You know, several years later, um, well, not even several years later, I guess several months, months later, I don't remember. It all is kind of a blur. Another little baby was born. We were called uh, in to take her mother to the hospital. Um, her mother had bled a lot, and she was needing to, to go to, to get some further medical care. So, you know, it, again, it's amazing how God works. God puts us through trials, but as he puts us through trials, <laughs> his hand is there. He shows us that these trials are simply a way to change us and to educate us. Just before um, we, we, we got this little baby Fatu, just before we got baby Fatu, um, a friend of ours came to spend several months, John, John Howe. Um, came and spent several months with us, and he just arrived. He was a he's a he was a pre med student and wanted to do some practical learning before before he he went to medical school at Loma Linda. And he just had arrived either the, just that day or the day two days before or something like that. Like just barely arrived. Um, a good friend, a uh, soon to be good friend of ours, John Sambo, had just come back from Cameroon just within the, the, the those few days uh, to come and work as a new nurse there. In, in, in Yagis, um, a wonderful young man, and our good friend Andres Sands, who had worked with us for a year in Yagis as a doctor and had moved with his family back up to Mauritania to, to work with the, with the ADRA project there, um, had just come down to visit us for a few days. And so we have these three people who are medically minded, who had just come, and I told them, hey, you guys want to go down with me? We're, we've got this, this urgent call to go and check, take this lady to the town. Would you want to come and check her out? And they said, sure, we'd love to go. So we go down to the house where she's at. I don't go inside because that's not my thing. Uh, I try to figure out what's going on from the people outside. The three of them trudge inside, and the lady dies in front of them. The grandmother, the maternal mother wanted baby Fatu to die as well. The reason why she wanted her to die was because she was concerned that her daughter's spirit would come back and haunt the family as as the spirit would look for this little baby. And so she wanted this little baby to die. She, she didn't want to have problems with the spirit of her daughter coming and searching for her, her baby. So there was a lady in the room. I, you know, I just heard this from, from others. There's a lady in the room who said, you know what, no, 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 this, this girl is not dying. She is going to the clinic. Well, next thing I know, out comes a whole troop of people, a little baby. And so I'm madly calling Larray on the phone saying, we need milk. We need milk. We need to find a mother, find somebody who's, who's lactating. We need, we need milk. And so 
We jumped, 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 and tried to get her milk and tried to get all kinds of stuff. We got her back to the house. We couldn't take her to the clinic because the clinic is only used for, you know, just for a few, you know, it's a few hours a day. It's not a overnight kind of thing unless you're an adult and you're there with malaria, then, then you stay there. But, I mean, otherwise, you know, people are there all the time. So we took her to our house, and then the, the, the medical people all started working on her. It took them seven times to get, seven tries to get the glucose drip on her. Um, yeah, that little girl, she suffered, but she is a fighter. She is a fighter. Now, this one didn't go the same way as Aisha. She's still fighting today. In fact, she's just in a room just behind me now. She's nine years old, and she's crazy. <laughs> I'm saying that in a good way. I love her to death. Um, she's a wonderful girl. Baby Fatih was growing up. She's changed our lives. She's, I mean, she's changed our world completely. Did we go through hell and back with her? Absolutely. You know, we did We did a lot to help the village. I mean, I don't want to say that as boastful. I mean, we did what we could. We should have done a lot more. Um, we helped, you know, the village a bit. And the village said, you know, you're going you're gonna to need to adopt this girl, and we're going to help you with it. So we were like, this is awesome. They're going to help us out. Well, the gentleman in charge of helping us with her paperwork, he messed up the paperwork. And he messed up the death certificate. So when we went in to see a judge to be able to go through with the adoption, the judge was looking at the stuff and he found out the paperwork was false. And we didn't know that. We had trusted this other man that he knew what he was talking about, that he had everything together and that everything would work out okay. And we were there in front of the judge and the judge is like, this, work, this is completely, this, is, this isn't right. This isn't the same person. Oh, my goodness. And then on top of that, you know, we, we learned that we can't even adopt. So we can't adopt. Um, we can't adopt because in Senegal has this really one fun rule that basically says it doesn't matter who you are, if you're local or not. If you already have a child, you can't adopt. No, no questions asked. That's a trial if I ever saw one. We had a little, <laughs> we had a little boy at that point, you know, very precocious and crazy. <laughs> we couldn't get rid of him, obviously. And here we're trying to adopt this other one, and we can't adopt her. And there was only one clause: you can get, if you can get the permission from the president of the country, then it's fine. To get that little piece of permission is very, very difficult, in all honesty. And we are still trying to figure that out. And to be honest, we haven't, haven't made great success of that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, remember the first part of this podcast, I mentioned that there was just some issues with, um, with people, you know, several levels above us. And so, you know, that, that kind of tension kind of lasted throughout our time, first time here in Senegal, to the point where the job that I was doing was given to someone else, and we felt it was very clear that we needed to leave. And so we were praying and looking around to figure out what in the world we should do. And God opened up uh, a way for us to, to get a job in Lebanon. And so we went and left Senegal, and we went and worked in Lebanon and uh, for the Middle East North Africa Union. And I was the health director there for two and a half years. And that was great. I learned a lot. It was like a free doctoral de degree. It was great. Made a lot of excellent friends. Learned a lot of incredible stuff. And um, it was a wonderful experience. Um, was it easy? No. No, can't say it was. Um, there was a lot of difficulty. I mean, when you go from being in charge of a clinic and you like spend your days 
every day is different. You go from one crisis to the next, and you're, you're trying to, to figure out things out. Very on-the-go, no office, just kind of go by the seat of your pants. To being stuck in an office writing emails every day, that's hard. That's a trial. Oh, my goodness. Like, I... I liked the work, I liked the people, but it was very difficult for me to be able to really get into the whole office thing, um, to, to really understand like well, what should I be doing and how should I be working and everything. It was, it was, it was, it was hard, it was hard. It was a big, huge learning curve. Um, yeah, it was an interesting two and a half years. I learned a lot, definitely. But you know, like we, we had some issues because like I, I was just like, well, you know, like, you know, baby Fatu, she was with us. You know, we left her We left her with a really good family. Uh, pastor and his wife, local pastor and his wife. They have um, quite a few daughters, and more have been at it since then, so they have, they have lots of daughters. They don't know how to get boys. <laughs> we tease them about that, so it's okay. But anyway, so they, they, had taken, they had taken her into their family, and she was doing great. And um, so for, as far as I was concerned, it's just like, good. Like, we closed that chapter in our life. We're done. Well, you know, I, I'm a guy, and, you know, I guess that's the way, maybe, I don't know, probably not all guys think that way, but I sure did. And, yeah, you know, I was like, okay, let's move on. You know, I'm where I want to be. I was working with people that I knew since my childhood. I was learning stuff, and I was, you know, making friends, and, and, and it, was, it was traveling to all kinds of countries, and it was, it was great, you know. I loved it. But, you know, poor Lorraine, you know, mother's heart, um, having to leave a part of her in Senegal wasn't easy. Um, our our um, third child was born while we were there, and so then there was, you know, just depression from, uh, you know, postpartum depression and stuff like that. So there's some of that going on. But then, you know, there's also just the very real, just loneliness and sadness for, for the part of our family that wasn't there with us. And um, to be honest, our marriage was, was on the rocks in, in more ways than one. Was that a trial? You better believe it. Um, you know, sometimes people put missionaries up on this pedestal and they say, they think that missionaries can do no wrong or, or there's wonderful, righteous people and stuff like that. And I'll be the very first to tell you that missionaries aren't the most righteous people, that missionaries are sinners, that missionaries do have problems, that missionaries suffer from the same things that people anywhere suffer from. Um, those two and a half years were, were wonderful and, and really bad all at the same time. Um, in the sense that we just, we learned a lot, went through a lot. Um, our marriage was, was very rocky. Um, just having to leave uh, baby Fatu and just, just all of that was just, the devil was just working on us left and right. Um, huge trial. God, God really led. Uh, Lorray went to a women's retreat uh, with one of her friends down in, in one of the Gulf states, and um, while there, she really just surrendered herself to God very fully, surrendered the whole baby Fatu thing and just everything. And during that same time that she was praying and, and down there at this women's retreat, I was talking with uh, my boss, and I was just explaining where we were at, and he was just like, you, you guys need to be reunited with this little girl. He was just like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be separated anymore. And he was just like, you know, I really think that you need to be in a job that's more frontline. I really believe that you, you're, you're, being in an office is really not what's ideal for you. Well, I could agree with him on that. I mean, that's, and he was willing to give us anything. Like, we could go any country, we could do anything we wanted to. Basically, like a blank check. It was really awesome. Um, but you know what? We just decided, no, we're, we're not going to do that. Um, we had just, check this out. 
we had, I don't know, it was $140,000, $160,000 in debt to Loma Linda uh, to pay off our student loans for a master's in public health. And by God's grace, we paid off all of those loans simply on a missionary's salary, totally by ourselves in six years. I mean, if you, if you want to say God doesn't, doesn't exist, I mean, you can say that if you want. God exists. In, in, my, in my thinking, in my book, God exists. He totally exists. I mean, he is, is involved with incredible miracles. That much money in six years on a missionary salary. God is the God of miracles. Incredible. We didn't have any debt. We didn't have any major debt anymore. So we were just like, well, why don't we just go back to Senegal? We don't have to say, you know, we don't have to do this anymore. We can just go back. We can be with her again. Um, we'll just be tent makers, you know, like Paul. You know, Paul made tents and he was able to preach the gospel. So we're like, oh, well, we can go teach English or something like that. And we could, you know, be reunited with baby Fatu and, you know, figure something out. So, yeah, I mean, God totally opened the doors um, in, in so many different ways. Uh, we had some friends that said that they were going to come and work with us, which that was a huge blessing, and we were really super excited about it. Um, we had Outpost Centers International, which said that they would help us with, with um, channeling funds and stuff like that, which has been a huge blessing. We're in the, in the process now of hopefully becoming a full member. Um, that's been a whole other story. Um, but God has been good, and they've been great over the years. We got here to Senegal. Um, which is another story. And, and to be honest, since we've come back, it's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, a lot of ups and downs. It hasn't been easy. You know, when you go from being like, like totally working for you know, an organization, you have everything there. You have a very defined job description and very, well, I didn't really have a defined, defined job description, but I mean, you have a defined, like, you know, essentially what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you go to work and you do stuff. But like, like, yeah, since we've come back to Senegal, it hasn't been that way at all. But God has totally opened up things. Like, we've been working as substitute teachers, tutors. Um, that's been a huge miracle. Has it been a trial? Absolutely. We have th- we had three kids, right, three kids who were homeschooled for a good, for the first year that we were substitute teaching and tutoring. Can you imagine? You're, you're trying to teach them, and you're trying to do that. I mean, it was insane. It was insane. Like, yeah, it was insane. Um, but God has led, even even despite all the craziness that we've been through for the last, you know, three, four years, God has, has, has provided, you know, housing in just the right places. He's provided so many different things for us. And, and like, yeah, I mean, we've had trials. I'll, yes, we've had trials. But yet, when we look back in the Bible, like it says like in Laodicea, you know, have I always been hot? No, no, I've been cold a lot, to be honest. The devil is trying to, to, to take me over to his side. He doesn't want me to work for God. And in all honesty, you know, I, I haven't been where I should be spiritually for the last little bit. Um, I do believe, honestly, that a lot of the stuff that I've had to go through, the trials that I've had to, to, to live through, and that our families had to go through, was simply God's trying to refine us. God loves us. He says, I love you, but since I love you, I will rebuke and chasten you. Have we had rebuke? Have we had chastening? Absolutely. You know, ever since we've come over here, we have. And yet, and yet God is working, and yet God is working. Um, 
Larray, this last school year, uh, had the opportunity to be a science teacher at a local evangelical school. What a wonderful blessing. Um, they actually said that our children could go to school for free. Um, normally, you can have two children can go to school for free. Since we have three, they said if Boaz would do 20 days of free substitute teaching, they can all go to school for free. And so I did those 20 days. I uh, worked mainly in a, in a first grade classroom, one of my daughter's classrooms. That was a, that was a trial. <laughs> Never tried to work with the first graders. Oh, my goodness. God, God helped me through it, though. <laughs> I'm still alive to tell it. <laughs> but talk about a trial. Oh, my goodness. It was, that was an educational experience. Um, but, yeah, no, God, God gave us, like, everything we needed. The year went really well. Um, it was like towards towards the January February. Larry comes to me and she's like, you know, we've got a problem. You know, I had I had done a surgery not not too many months before that, and um, that little surgery was supposed to take care of things. But you know, when she when she spoke with me, she's like, you know, there's a slight little problem here. We got a little X that's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be a a, a minus. It's like, what in the world is that X doing there? Talk about a trial. We, 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 we have enough. We have enough kids. We didn't want more kids. We have three kids. Three is enough. Four. Oh, my goodness. Why? What? You know, I mean, this, then, then you have just like, God, what in the world are you doing? Why? Why? You know, like, it doesn't make sense. But despite all of the craziness that we, you know, we were going through, I mean, COVID was coming in at that same time. And so here, Lorraine has morning sickness. She doesn't want to tell really anybody anywhere. So many, many of you who are listening to this know us and maybe didn't even know that, that the baby was coming until just recently, just within the last few days even. Um, and this has come as a complete shock. And, and you thought you were good friends with us or you were family and you had no idea. Well, we were in shock. And um, just to, 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 to be able to tell people that we had this baby coming, I mean, there was just major depression, major just mental like, whoa, what's going on? Um, but yet God was there. Uh, because of COVID, um, obviously the classes went online. Um, so Lorraine had to do all of her teaching online. And um, the campus, the, the school that she's going to, had created a, this new campus that's a 15-minute walk from our house. And they said that we could go there and that Lorraine could teach from there and that our kids could, could, could use computers, school computers. What a blessing. We had free internet. We had a place for the kids to play. We had friends there because another teacher had her two boys there. So they had friends to play with. We had wonderful people to work with. It's a wonderful school, wonderful people. And if you happen to be listening to this, we love you to death. But um, we just spent a good half a year with them, and that was just a wonderful experience. And, you know, with the growing belly and having to sit down and, you know, all that kind of stuff, God provided. God provided it in miraculous ways. We could walk to class. She was able to walk. She was able to get exercise. She was moving every day to and from class. I mean, what a, what a miracle. If she had had to be, you know, pregnant in class on her feet, this was her first real year of teaching, like, full-time. Um, she's Yes, she did take science, but she didn't take how to be a teacher in science, and so she had to learn so much stuff. And, I mean, it was, it was a huge, huge learning curve for her. She did great. Um, she learned a lot, and the kids, I think, they learned a lot as well. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a major, major, major um, life-shaking like event for her. Um, but yeah, God, God brought us through. You know, like COVID, in all, all honesty, was a huge blessing for us because, um, again, like not wanting to tell everybody that she's pregnant, we didn't have to go to church, you know? Like, what do you know? Because, you know, you're forced to stay at home, and... and um, 
so yeah, it was just a really interesting thing, you know, how God worked out to give us the privacy that we needed, but then also to provide, you know, for us so the kids could finish school that year and everything else. We decided that to go to school, um, or to, to teach again, this particular school year, this school year for 20, you know, 20, 2020, 2021, uh, just wouldn't work out. Um, just because she just gave birth here in um, September, and I mean, school year's already started, being a science teacher, I mean, you can't just get a substitute for that, you need to actually be there, and what a blessing that we did that, because he, honestly, as I'm speaking right now, giving this podcast, he's at a hospital, um, he, I, uh, he had a cord around his neck, and um, we just don't feel like things were going real well um, for that last two weeks or so, and so... Yeah, like he's in a, I, I guess I started the podcast out with that. Yeah, so he's he's at um, a prenatal unit there at, uh, at the public hospital there in Fan. But um, if she had been working or going back to work with a, a baby who's, who's got these issues, I mean, there's no way it could have happened. So our kids now are homeschooled again this year because um, we don't have free schooling for them. Um, and, you know, just... What a crazy time. Like, trials? Yeah. Like, does God give us trials? He does. You know, and yet, repeatedly, what has happened is, is that we've promised God. We said, you know, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Like, we had promised God that we would be self-supporting missionaries way back when, after we paid off our school loans. And after we paid off our school loans, we actually stayed on working, you know, for the church. We liked it. You know, we were full-time employees with the church, and we, it was great. If you ever want to be an IDE missionary, if you have the chance, do it. It's wonderful. Um... And, and yeah, we, we, you know, we stayed on it because it was, it was good. We enjoyed it, you know. And God put stuff in our path very specifically so that we knew that he said, no, it's time to leave. And so we left. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, we, 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 ch we, changed, we changed course. When we came back to Senegal, we, we had thought we were going to have some friends come. They've had some things that go, come up in their life. Um, and so they've, they've decided that for right now, God is, is asking them not, not to come to Africa, which, I mean, we're, we're happy for them. But we're just sad, obviously, on, on our end because we were really looking forward to working with them. Um, and if you know anyone who wants to come work with us in Senegal, specifically with a Madison College um, thought, I mean, hook us up because... We, we'd, we'd love to would love to work with you, but anyway, um, so but we had, we had promised God that we would start like a school, like a, you know outside the city. We'd live in the country. We'd talk to the kids even before coming back. That you know we'd have pets and we'd live in the country and that we'd have all this kind of stuff. And we haven't done any of that. We've just gotten stuck in the city, and we we haven't moved out to the country. So ever since we we, we learned that Larry was pregnant and that we just decided, you know what. We're going to leave the city. We're going to go out to the country. We're going to do what we promised the kids, what we promised God that we would do. And um, so we've been looking for land. Um, at this point, we are, uh, yeah, we're just praying and putting everything before God. Do we, we don't have the money, um, in all honesty, um, for, uh, you know, for, for the land. And I, th I think this is going to be a whole other podcast, like how we support ourselves or philosophy on, on supporting ourselves and the whole financial thing. Um, I think I'll do a whole podcast on that. And so I'm not going to talk about that specifically. But um, just to say that right now where we are, we're living on faith, essentially. And we're not asking anybody for money at all. 
God has provided miraculously, and we've had some amazing donors over the last few years, and we are so, so, so grateful to them. And if you happen to be a donor and you are listening to this podcast, thank you so very much. But again, we're not asking for money. We're asking God for money. Um, we don't nearly have the amount of money that we need. We're looking at one piece of property that would be amazing, um, and it's a lot of money, and, and we don't have, we don't nearly have anything that would be close to that. Um, does God work miracles? I don't know if you listen carefully throughout this podcast, but God has worked miracles. Has everything always happened the way we thought it should? No. Baby Fatu had to stay with friends for three years. We were separated with her from her for three years. Baby Ashtu died in my mother's arms. We've had marital issues. We've had problems. We've suffered. We've had yelling matches. We've, we've, we <sighs> Has it been easy? Absolutely not. Would we go back and make changes? There's no question about it. But has God been there? Oh my goodness, yes he has. He has been there. Despite some of the choices that we've made, despite some of the crazy things that have gone on, God has been with us. We have seen him at work. You know, living as a missionary, living overseas, you can see the fight, the war between good and evil in black and white. You can see it right before your eyes. I, I don't know how people don't believe in a devil or believe in God because, like, for me, I just see it, like, before me. Um, do we know what's going to happen to us? No. Do we know where the money's going to come? No. Is it going to come? I don't know. You know, are we going to have to rethink things? Maybe. Uh, how, how are we going to take care of ourselves in the next little bit? I honestly haven't a clue. Um... You know, I've been, uh, I've done already some substitute teaching this year. I haven't had any tutoring this year, which is a blessing because I can't anyway because we've got our son in the hospital, and so that causes some problems. Um, we don't have a double salary, so we can't live where we are currently. Um, we have donated money so that we can live here at least for another few months, but we can't live here indefinitely. Um, the work that we we were doing was great before COVID, but now with COVID, uh do I really like substitute teaching and tutoring? I enjoy aspects of it, but do I want to do it for the rest of my life? No. I want to be outside. I want to be in nature. I'm going to be working with young people. I want to be telling people about Christ and saying, hey, we need to change Senegal for God. And I, yes, you can do some of those things in the teaching aspects, and, and I really feel, believe that God has put us in those places, but I believe God is, is bringing a new chapter into our life. How it's all going to happen out, how it's all going to play out, I have no idea. To be honest, I have no idea. I will tell you right now, without any doubt in my mind, anything that happens is going to be a miracle. Our son, being able to come home, hopefully this next week, prayerfully, is going to be a miracle. Having him have life is going to be a miracle. His brother prayed for him. His mother prayed that we would never have any, a fourth child. His brother was praying ever since he was a little baby that he would have a little brother. He's a prayed for child. How could God, God can't take him away. I mean, how, how could God answer the prayer of his older brother and then take him away? I just, 
I, I believe he's going home. He's looking good. What are we going to do next? You know, we have plans. We have visions. We have dreams. But like, how is it going to happen? I have no idea. God has worked miracles so far. He's working miracles today. He's going to work miracles tomorrow. And, you know, God doesn't work only in our lives. He works in your life, too. You know, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't even know who's listening to this or even if anyone will listen to this podcast. But I want to tell you from experience, God is real. I want to tell you from experience that the devil is real. I want to tell you from experience that you don't have to be afraid, that you can put your complete confidence in God, and that He will provide miracles, that He knows you, He loves you, He supports you, He wants to work with you, He has a plan for you. God has paid off bills for us. God has given us so many things throughout the years. Like, we can tell you story after story of what God has done for us. I mean, this is only just, just, just within the last few years, and this is just a few little highlights and there's so many more things of what God has done. Has it always been easy? No, 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 it hasn't. It hasn't. And it continues to be difficult. But yet, at the same time, God allows things to happen in our lives because He loves us. Just like we read in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. As many as I love. Does God love you? I do believe it. He loves you. He loves me. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. You know, what I need to do now is to repent. What do you need to do? Likely you need to repent. You know yourself. I don't know you. You know yourself better than I know you. You and God have a little talking to do. God and I have a lot of talking to do. I'm not here to point the finger. You know, I'm here simply to say that, to be honest and say, I, I, I don't have it all put together. And I want to repent and say that I am a sinful person and that I have need of God's grace. But you know what? God says that He loves us, that He wants to help us. And because He loves us, He allows us to go through very difficult times so that we can be better people and better workers for Him. Can we change? Can we be different people? Can we give our lives to Christ so that we can see Him? coming in glory soon and very soon. Thanks. Yeah.